Welcome to our podcast, This Life, The Chronicles of Autism Mums. I'm Alison Saraf, and I'm joined each week by amazing women who happen to have children on the spectrum. We talk about navigating the ups and downs of parenting kids with autism and how that affected us and our lives as women, professionals and mothers. Strap in, grab some tissues, sometimes you'll cry from empathy and others from laughter. Join us on our journey of this life. Welcome to today's episode, Sibling Rivalry. I'm Alison Saraf, and today I'm joined by Huma and Karina. Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome. It's lovely to have you with us. Um, so today we're going to be talking about siblings and sibling rivalry and about balancing our family's needs, uh, how we do that as mothers, and what problems and challenges occur you know, within those relationships and how we balance the needs of our um, neurodiverse children within our family and um, how, we, how we balance everyone's feelings. Um, and yeah, so we can start. So Homa, you have three children. Yes. Okay. So, you know, from the offset, tell us, Tell us about, you know, that dynamic in your in your family with the three kids and, you know, if there's any rivalry and, you know, do you think that's kind of rivalry just from the fact that you've got three differently aged children and, you know, that's a kind of natural thing or do you think that, you know, the kind of autism comes in at some point and, you know, hits it a bit harder? Um, well, um, so my eldest son is uh, on the autism spectrum and um the first the first one yes the first one (laughs) so um so my parenting experience was never typical i um in a way i guess it was uh, i would say a blessing because when i had my second one it seemed much easier um but i noticed that so a, a lot of things that i would find difficult or impossible like daily tasks with my eldest would be really easy with my younger with my middle one yeah and um i I was grateful for that but as they were uh, developing they were growing up and i really wanted them to have that loving bond because i um selfishly because i could see that my eldest was struggling socially and i was hoping as a parent that a sibling will be like a friend to him that will fill the need that is the missing and but because my my um eldest was still um at that phase where he um, had uh, difficulty controlling his emotions so i could see that my youngest uh, my 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 middle child so there there are they're four years apart so i could see that his he was very sweet natured, but his personality was really affected by um, by Heather's, um, you know, he'll he'll tease him or he'll be um, not that sensitive. I mean, not in a mean way, but that's just how he was. So I could see that Suleiman was developing this really defensive personality right. this, at this young age and he's a baby. And I, I was like, oh, this, I, that was really. It was um, not how you want, like, no. it was not. It was, it was not, not the relationship yes. that you were kind of hoping for and expecting. I, yeah, I was hoping, yeah. you know, the older brother, the protective one, the loving, but that side was not coming out. And I I was constantly the referee. And then I had my um, third child, uh, Mariam, and they are, they are seven years apart. 
and i i could see the same pattern with her she she was developing developing this really because she's a tiny little thing and then there's this boy who's 7 years older than her so she's as a baby she developed this really defensive personality to like by screaming or shouting or being aggressive and i was like oh this i i hope this is just a phase and it they uh, they eventually uh, get over it but i i could see that the relationship was affected by um by the by the autism spectrum right okay yeah. so obviously they're older now um yes. and you know how is that relationship kind of developed has it got better and has it improved if they kind of grown up and kind of become um you know more of a like a unit and a team or a thing still um a little a little bit of a challenge and they are in all families I think you know if you've yeah. got neuroty- all neurotypical children there's always going to be especially I think with three because you've kind of got that middle you know you've got the middle child syndrome you've got the first born yeah. and then you've got the baby yes. Um, yes but how do you balance their needs um you know how do you how do you balance like you know maybe saying to Heide what you know you need to cut this out a little bit because it's a fa- you know how does that is that a challenge for you it, it it is a huge challenge because i feel that sometimes um i know he's not insensitive it's just that you know if you if you give him information oh you have to be kind you have to be caring you have to be nice it just flies out the window right it's just like in the moment whatever he's feeling in the moment that's what happened that that is what will happen and i but but now that they they're older um Haider is 14 Suleiman is 10 so they they have a much closer bond and Suleiman worships him he's Aww. like he's like my, his older brother he he'll even defend him if it comes to defend him against us the parents that oh don't say this to Haider he doesn't like it that way don't touch his things i was like wow look at you so he's very so he's he's follows his brother around like anything but But the thing is that what I worry is that Heather has a very dominating personality right. and Suleiman has so he he gets suppressed right. and I I'm constantly because I'm a middle child so I constantly worry that I don't want this happening in my house that and and I could then my daughter is alienated because oh she's a girl and she's not accepted in that group <laughs> I was like what do I do it's impossible <laughs> yeah yeah What? So you don't you you haven't got a situation where the two youngest have kind of built an alliance together. You've got Suleiman who's kind of gone towards yeah. you know kind of no, bonding with Haider. They do when Haider's not around. Yeah. Suleiman will play with Maryam. Mm-hmm. But when he's around, mm-hmm. he will ignore her out of lo- loyalty uh, and play with Haider. Okay. So I'm like, "Oh my god, so it's it's a constant struggle <laughs> yeah. that um like do do you do you ever see um Suleiman, your middle child becoming a guide for Haida is that ever is that happening at all it is happening already is it because... how interesting is that <laughs> because i i rely on him more because i know if i give him an instruction he will follow through follow through because <laughs> i tell him when we go out hey i said soliman go keep an eye on haider tell, <laughs> okay. tell me what is he yeah, doing yeah. and i i'm like that's one child i know he will report back right. that oh mom this happened or that yeah. happened the other two they're like oh you can say whatever you want to this is not happening <laughs> so so he's your little spy yes. yeah he's your he's your alliance really when you're out and about so yes. he can he can keep an eye on the situation yeah. it's interesting yeah. mm, what about karina with your your boys so your boys are twins 
And um, so that's in a different dynamic again, because and one is on the spectrum and one is not on the spectrum. So what is your experience of any rivalry between them and kind of keeping the balance? Because you don't have one that's older, that's, that's looking up to the other or, you know, so obviously they're the same age. So they, you know, there should just be a, a kind of level between them. But obviously there isn't in some ways because of the you know the the way that they have developed slightly differently so tell us about your feelings on that um the 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 sibling and the rivalry i think that in our case it's very interesting because they are twins and i have only the boys Mm -hmm. you know i don't have any other child Mm -hmm. so ricardo um is the neurotypical and rafael is the one with autism so Ricardo had to bend to Ricardo to Rafael's needs since he was three years old mm-hmm. when Rafael started the therapies. So what happened? It was like for him, that was the normal. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to therapies. We, you know, like autism. We always made autism part of our family. We never said bad things about autism or yeah. the negative side of autism. Mm-hmm. So he always Ricardo always saw autism as something normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when Rafael was like three years old, that he started with uh, flapping and all the steaming and uh, he lost eye contact and everything. Then he came to me, he was only three and he would just say to him, you know, like, why are you doing this? Stop doing this. Stop flapping your hands. Stop, stop. And he was like trying to be his therapist because this is what he was seeing at the, at the therapy, you know, like, okay, I'm doing the same, you know, I'm helping my brother. But in his mind, it was something normal. So for him, I, I, we never had this conflict because he was always supportive. Mm-hmm. He was always kind. And, and one day I remember when he was six years old, he said to me, you know, because in school, children start to be more judgmental. Yeah. And then he came to me and he said, Mom, is there anything wrong with Rafael? Because my friends are saying that there is something wrong. Oh. I don't think there is anything wrong. Oh. So he always saw him, okay, this is who he is. Yeah. You know, and I know he doesn't speak. I know he has some, you know, sensory needs, but that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all, you know, I mean, for yeah. him, that was enough. Mm-hmm. Does he ever get frustrated? Like, no. has, has that stage come that he's like, oh, why is he? No, he doesn't. He, he came, but not in a frustration mode. Because for all, for us, in our house, autism was like a, a normal part of our day. It was something mm-hmm. like, a, we never made like, oh, you know. So for him, it was like, okay. So he said, what did you tell your friends at school? I said, hold on, I'm going to ask my mom. And I'll get back to you. (laughs) The official line. What's our official line on this? (laughs) I I like it. Wise boy. (laughs) Wise moves. And I I think that is a very interesting um, dynamic that is very indescribable outside of um, neurodiverse families. Because for my girls, obviously I have Noah who's in the middle who's sandwiched between two neurotypical girls who are quite a force to be reckoned with, who adore him. Um, my um, my younger one even, like, it's so funny even with Noah. So I have a 13 year old and then I have Noah who's 11 and then I've got Lily who's eight. And um, Noah absolutely worships Maya because 
she's always been the big sister so she takes the role of the kind of matriarch if I'm not around and her dad's not around and she's he relies on her but Lily is quite a force to be reckoned with and she is very on him like always uh, in a good way but you can see (laughs) that he just worships Maya the older one but he knows that he has a little sister and he's like I'm not doing what you say you know if Maya would ask him then he'll be like yeah okay I'll do that if this one asks it's like don't tell me what to do I am I am older (laughs) (laughs) Um, but Alison do you think that uh, with Lily like you know sometimes she brings out things like she challenges him to do you know, sometimes when, when you don't want to do something and then you, you confront that and then you get better at it. I know I'm not explaining it right. No, I know what you, you think mean. It's out- like pushing, putting him into yeah. uncomfortable situations that yeah. we wouldn't necessarily put him in ourselves. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she does. She's quite a scrappy character. So she's very, you know, they they both, I think they both have very different relationships with him. Um, but together, I think they complement him. And he does massively rely on them. The one thing that we're very conscious about, and I'm always very conscious of, is the balance. Because I know that um, when he was first diagnosed, we didn't have Lily, but we had Maya. And I, I even though I was very conscious of still parenting Maya and giving her support and everything else... I don't think it's physically possible when you first get that diagnosis to be able to focus 500% on the child with the diagnosis. And I'm talking very, very honestly. And as much with every single will in the world, your your focus is on helping the one with the the autism. And actually, my mum said something very interesting to me. And my mum is probably my greatest support aside from my family, my husband and everything else. And she understands and she does her best to follow our family and kind of keep up with what's happening. And um, my eldest daughter, I wouldn't say struggled at school until she was probably eight or nine years old, but she really didn't particularly enjoy reading. It was a real effort for us to get her to do her homework and her schoolwork. And then all of a sudden, you know, and we, we tried, you know, we tried a lot to encourage her and to, you know, to get her to where she, we thought that she should be to motivate herself to do her schoolwork. Um, and then all of a sudden, when she went to middle school, she moved from kind of fifth grade into middle school. She just turned into a very highly motivated school workaholic you know she just flipped but my mum because my mum was talking to me about it a couple of weeks ago and she said to me do you know I always remember Maya struggling she's doing so so well now we were celebrating something that happened at school and she said I wonder whether or not you were so focused on Noah when she was going through you know in those younger years that maybe she didn't feel or she couldn't or she she didn't feel supported enough to do that and I that I was like what 
how could you know, how, and I didn't say oh how could you possibly say that because yeah. I know whatever my mum says it comes from a good place yeah. you know it comes from a well I'm not criticizing but maybe that's why yeah. and um, I never thought about it like that and I I hope that's kind of not the case um, but I I and I I've never seen any rivalry between my children um, I've never seen any frustration from my girls um, you know, if, if we can't do something with him or, you know, if, if we, you know, there's certain things that we probably wouldn't do or we live our lives maybe a little bit differently to how we would if he was neurotypical. Do you think Mayor's the sort who would, like, uh, who would, um, like, not say anything if her needs are not being met? Like, she will not push you that, oh, mom, what about me? You... Like Mariam would, like she would say that, oh, my needs are not being met. Yeah. But yeah. Suleiman wouldn't. He yeah. would be like, when Mariam is not around, then he would be like, can I hug you now? Oh. Because, you know, he, yeah. because then she comes and she's like, all the love is she's for my, me. My, she's you know? mine. Yeah. So she, yeah. So she, um, maybe. I, um, I think now that she's get get you know she's a teenager now yeah. so um i think that she's not meeting my needs now because she she doesn't really want to talk to us as long as oh as long as she's kind of got everything that she needs to facilitate her life then yeah. the tables have turned a bit and i think because i've got a younger one as well and lily my youngest is you know lily she's very um she's very loud she's very she's pretty much the opposite of maya in terms of her personality but maya always maintains her firstborn status so she will be the one like very silently she will guide any situation to it being all about her but you know <laughs> but she's kind of like more of a silent but deadly kind okay. of she takes that kind of route um but she you know we certainly know if she's not happy about something i think the thing with maya is the fact that her both of my girls they've got quite um high emotional intelligence so they understand the situation yeah. and i think for however we try and stay as close as a family we whatever is happening in terms of maybe perhaps them feeling that they're not getting maybe enough attention on that day or maybe not enough this or that is compensated by the fact that we try as much as we can to to you know to be a, a family and to do things as a family but also um they they get it they understand so i think that even at the ages that they're at they would feel a little bit and they feel for him they get like they understand they see him and they see and i've never wanted them to feel sorry for him but we always say he you know and, and there's so many things that he needs to work a million times harder than you guys at so let's yeah. just spare a thought in the moment yeah. for him in certain situations so i think that they the reason that we don't get that kind of pushback is because they understand yeah. um and they they support him so we don't we don't really get that may i think may they both liked they all like time on their own yeah. and i love having time with each of them on their own because I think with any family group, especially when there's three at such different ages, you're never going to find something that everybody's 100% happy with. I think it's just a little bit more exaggerated with the situation yeah. that we've got. Um, I, 
Um, have, have you, I mean, uh, maybe it's a girl thing. I don't know. I don't want to um, stereotype. Um, I, I've noticed that girls are more emotionally... Needy. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, but they're probably it, more emotionally intelligent. They're inter- more aware. Yes, that's they can ver- verbalize yes. their yeah. needs and their... Yeah. So, uh, because when I had the boys and when I had the girl and I used to think, oh, people just make these things up. But then when I had them, I was like, oh my God, there's something really true about these stereotypes mm-hmm. that, you know, my daughter will remind me that, oh, remember one week back when you said that to me? I said, what? And my boys, they're like, you know, they're over and done with in the moment and then like they get back and that's, but I've seen that, um, now Suleiman is um, the past few years. He's begun to recognize that Haider is different, and you know he does certain actions and certain things. That, and and you know I I told Haider about autism um, sometime a, a few years ago when when he was really frustrated. And then Suleiman is older, and he started to pick up, and he asked me, Mom, is some is there something wrong with Haider? Is you know. And then he see him, he see him flapping about, or talking to himself, or laughing, or just making silly jokes, uh, and sometimes even in public. And he gets embarrassed. Mm-hmm. He he, uh, he's like he gets embarrassed by his brother's behavior. And I, I tell Suleiman, Suleiman, it's okay. Heather's fine. He's happy. He's just you know, he's like oh no, this is so embarrassing. And then he'll just hide, um, and you know he would want the moment to be over. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see um, that happening. My, my youngest is too young to recognize. Yeah. Um, that's why I was wondering that, I mean... Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because, Karina, well, you've got, obviously you've got the boys that have got the same set of friends, really, the same group. And obviously, if you've got you've, those same set of friends have been with them for quite a long time. But if you're in, like, a different environment, a new environment, you know, do, do they... Is there... Um, a situation and has there been a situation where there's been a an embarrassing time or something that um is kind of really been quite poignant where you know one of them's come home and said you know this is not working for me in this kind of situation or you know how can i can i go somewhere on my own without the other you know to to meet with friends is there any difficult there been any challenging times for you emotionally because for me that's many many Mm -hmm. many times yeah uh up to now you know like nothing has changed it's just it's just different from Mm -hmm. when they were yeah little i think it gets harder as they get older as well right it is getting harder Mm -hmm. absolutely i think that um for me the worst Part. Our friends have always been amazing. After we joined school, especially, you know, our friends from school have been, you know, have no words to, to say. Uh, but before that, we used to take him out a lot for kind of occupational therapy, like exercises in parks, open spaces, and like even in the malls. And when we used to go to, to the malls, <clears throat> uh, you know, this parks that you paid for you know like uh, to stay there for an hour or so oh, yeah, those, the fun park things yeah, yeah. yeah. those are my nightmares because <laughs> there were other moms there and uh, and they were too small to be left alone and i would never leave rafael alone anyhow because of his condition but uh 
all the judgment and the eyes and the, all the uh, comments and mm. and I think I knew I was strong enough to handle the situation mm. but for Ricardo it was not yeah you know for him it was really difficult because he would always be around Rafael and playing because these places are small anyhow mm. you know we don't have much a lot of places to go to so he would be with his brother and then he would hear comments like uh, I have to take my child away from your brother you know oh. like uh, I don't want my child playing with him or why do you bring your brother here why he's not at home he should have stayed at home and uh, and things and then he would come crying to me and say mom oh. that lady there just told us about Raphael and oh. why people have to be so mean why you know so he was his yeah. I mean it was hard for me mm -hmm. but for him it was worse yeah. because I didn't know how to handle the situation right. so we would come home or in the car and talk about it and then he said I don't want to go to that place anymore don't no. take me there anymore mm -hmm. so know, like, what would you you know how would you because obviously in those situations, for me, as soon as I would get in the car, if that happened, because it's happened to me a few times, then I would be trying to con console myself and try and talk through it with myself and being very em emotionally upset about it. Because I think even when our kids were younger, I think I was still processing everything oh, that yes. came, oh, yes. everything that came up that, it, it was just an, a constant reminder, another reminder of the the struggles that we were all having, you know, as a family with um, with um, not with Noah, but but with the autism. So how did you handle that? Like, how did it make you feel? But also, how were you how how were you kind of working through it? I'm not a word, I'm not a word,